This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. My name is Ali Johan. Cruise Control, the car show on BFM. And tonight I'm joined by our automotive specialist, Mr. Daniel Fernandez. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Ali. Thank you for calling me a specialist. But I'm not a specialist. I'm just a guy who loves cars and I'm starting to love motorcycles as well. <laughs> anyway, we don't have Richard with us today. I wonder why. Well, Richard, let's just say he has some technical difficulties that he cannot oh, okay. overcome. So technical difficulties. Not that he doesn't like us. He's got technical difficulties. So we're going to start the show with what, Ali? Yeah, so as usual, three parts of the show. we got some launches locally and globally as well. We're looking forward to something that might come next year, which is the Toyota Innova Zenix. We'll tell you why we're excited about that. And also, uh, rounding off the show with a review of Mitsubishi Expander Sportline, the very done-up and... And modified kind of expanded I've never seen before in my life but we're gonna let Daniel tell us more about that later but first uh, we got some news so Daniel one week's gone by and we now have a new Prime Minister you know what's on the minds of petrol heads during the entire election campaign running up to the day and also post-election pre-swearing in when he was zooming in and out of the Istana one of the topics trending was the car that he was arriving in and we got word that um, there was a Mercedes-Benz S600 that was ordered, declined by Datuk Sri Anwar as he took office. He decided to cancel the order for this Mercedes-Benz. People are wondering, why is this Mercedes-Benz S600 so special and sought after? Well, it's not something which is sold in the showroom as a, a, a daily offering. Um, these are all special order vehicles. And then, you know, when, when you order something for the Prime Minister you have to make it a little bit more special so you can spec the car, you can tick all the right boxes to get it even more special. Uh, it's almost coming up to the, the level of a Mercedes Maybach. If you, if you don't know what a Maybach is, Maybach is basically a, a Mercedes way of saying, I've got a car even more luxurious than my regular luxury cars and that's called the Maybach range. Hmm. So the S-Class that was ordered, I think, had all the boxes ticked to make it an almost my buck. That's probably why it was so expensive. But the thing is, I just want to add this, you know, with the new government coming in, with this whole issue about, you know, being greener, being more aware of the climate, shouldn't our ministers be driving electric cars? Yeah, that would be a good move since they are driving around so much. Yes, and I think today an electric car, there, there are no cheap electric cars, that's to start with. I mean, we got some electric car news later and we'll talk about that. There are some lower price models coming. But, the, you know, most electric cars are expensive. Most of them come from the premium manufacturers. And in fact, Mercedes-Benz, we talked about it recently, has got that wonderful-looking full electric car called the EQS 4MATIC, which is the size of an S-Class. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is full electric. And it doesn't cost a year. It only costs about 700,000 ringgit. So if you ask me, I think it's a good time for the new government to look at electric car mobility for them to show a good example to the rest of Malaysia. We're keeping our fingers crossed on this. Yes, fingers crossed until we hear who is on the cabinet this time. And uh, that still remains to be seen. But then we'll know, um, I guess, soon enough. Uh, Now... Some local launches, uh, we already discussed and also uh, reviewed the Aura Good Cat. But we got more information about the Good Cat this week. Uh, we know now that there are two variants available in Malaysia. They are called the Good Cat 400 Pro, which is starting from a price of 139800 And the highest spec, which is the 
GoodCat 500 Ultra starting from 169,800. Both variants come with that 4 plus 1 package of uh, complementary portable and home charger. Others are quite standard as well, 5-year or up to 150,000 kilometer warranty, 8-year warranty for the battery as well, which is also quite standard with most companies, and 5 times free service with labor maintenance. But what's not the same about these two variants, Daniel? And there's just small things like the speakers and, and mm. the massage function on the premium variant, but that is not important. What's important in an electric car is the battery, the features that come with the charging uh, infrastructure. Now, 400 Pro is equipped with the lithium-ion phosphate battery, which gives you a possible 400 kilometers. Whereas the more expensive 500 Ultra variant gets a tannery lithium battery. I I'm not well educated in this battery technology thing, but I'm assuming that tannery means it's slightly better. Hmm. But it's got 500 kilometers of driving range. Now that makes the biggest difference. It's a hundred kilometers of you know driving range, which will make a lot of difference for people who are using this car for long distance driving. But the price difference to me. Between 139 and 169 is 30,000 ringgit. Would you want to pay 30,000 ringgit more really for extra 100 kilometers? Now, some will say yes. Some will say maybe. I think what Great Wall has done is good because they've given two, I would say, options for budget-conscious people. Because why? Electric car purchase has all this while been for the rich because they've all been premium cars. They've all been very expensive. Now, they, they're offering something that maybe someone who had a budget of 100, 120,000 They could stretch it a little bit to get an electric car. So you're actually moving down to middle class market that were thinking twice about this whole electric car movement, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I can see a lot of people going for the option of the 139,800. But when they arrive in the showroom and take the car out for a test drive and sit down and talk to the salesperson and look at the loan structure, they might say, I might as well just buy the 169,800. <laughs> It's over a seven year loan. Yes, I'm going to be paying a little bit more every month. But just that just means I drink less coffee and and go to the mama less, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It'll be the best-selling model. That will be interesting to see because as it stands, I mean, at least on paper, at least the 400 Pro is basic, but it is good enough, as you mentioned. But it lacks a few safety features, which we might have come to get it as a standard with even cars sub 100,000 these days, petrol cars. Exactly, exactly. That's why I'm saying when they, when they start looking all the little things, you know, that's when the salesman has to do his pitch. Mm. And they think, you know, an extra 30,000, I get the extra range, plus I get things like, you know, auto-reversing assistance, yeah. fully automated parking lane keep assist, lane change assist, blind spot detection, front parking sensors, rear collision warning, rear cross traffic alert. I mean, these are all things that people love to have in new cars. Also because... It's a bragging feature. So mm. over a seven-year loan, I can say the, the the high-spec version will be at least 80-90% of the sales target. And also, you can't really tell the difference, right, between the two specs. They look exactly the same. Mm. They both look cute. They both look very desirable. They both look like something I want in my garage. But let's <laughs> put all that aside because I'm still not middle class yet. <laughs> Yeah, okay, cool. So that's two variants of the Aura Good Cat in Malaysia. You can take your pick, walk into the General Motors showroom to test drive it and let us know how does it drive. I'm really, really curious to see it because I've only seen it mm. in pictures so far. Don't worry, by Christmas you'll see a lot on the road. Uh, on to global launches, one of the popular people movers in Malaysia, Nissan Serena, have been uh, upgraded and launched in Japan and this is the sixth generation Serena, fully revamped. But, you know, at its core, it remains that three-row MPV that's big, easy and fun. 
You know, when you look at a Nissan Serena, it's it's been doing so well in Malaysia. And one of the reasons why it sells so well, despite its good looks, versatile interior, nice drivetrain. And then, of course, you know, Tan Chong, who's the dealer for Nissan, they've always been very good with, with, with taking care of their customers uh, with after sales. The biggest selling point, I think, is they are a monopoly. Nothing else <laughs> quite mean, like it. The thing is, a lot of people will not realize this, but there is no real rival brand news. I'll tell you why, because... Mazda had a, a vehicle called the Biante, which was a direct rival to this. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped selling it. Okay, Toyota and Honda have direct rivals, which is called the Toyota Voxy and the Honda Spada. But both of them are not available brand new in Malaysia, only through grey importers. So when you're talking about grey importers, you don't have after sales, you don't have warranty, you don't have upgrades, you don't have recalls. So that has been, it's selling, but it's a small market. So when you talk about people wanting to buy a new people mover, uh, MPV, uh, something that you know basically is not too expensive, they can't go to three hundred thousand. They they don't want uh, something around fifty, sixty thousand. That's a bit cramped. They want something right. You know, I would say a middle class vehicle. The Nissan Serena is a monopoly, and being a monopoly, they sell really well. It's a win win for the company, and no competition seems to be coming along. Officially, I, I like that Nissan this time. In order right. to reduce motion sickness in a car like this, like a big van, Nissan has decided to use a few science-based solutions, um, like making it wider and open view from the inside, so you can sort mm. of feel the space. You don't feel claustrophobic. Yeah, so uh, this is quite interesting. The structure of the vehicle can deflect crosswinds, and it reduces the shakiness at high speeds. And I think stability mm. is the main thing about these kinds of uh, van and, you know, large uh, vehicles. MPVs, yeah. Mm, yeah. And also, we just reviewed the new 2022 Nissan Serena SE recently, right? Exactly, which took a couple of years to come to Malaysia because of local assembly. But with local assembly, of course, you also save the price. That is why the price is so reasonable and affordable. Cool. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, they are yes. popular. We see it a lot in commercial areas and, and as well schools, especially in Nissan Serena. Or outside schools especially, dude. <laughs> uh, now, another global launch. Uh, this one is a brand that's um, quite rare in Malaysia. Yes. Genesis, which is Hyundai's luxury division. They have just continued on with their journey to electrification with a new luxurious SUV. They're calling it Genesis Electrified GV70. Have we ever had Genesis cars in Malaysia, Daniel? Yes, okay. Sadly, because they are fully imported, they are loaded with tech. Okay, when I say loaded with tech, try and imagine Genesis as being, you know, like like Hyundai is Toyota, mm. Genesis is like Lexus. Right. It's the luxury division of, of uh, Hyundai. So if you, go to, if you go to Korea, South Korea, all the parliamentary people, you know, ministers, all the tycoons, they all use Genesis and you see Genesis everywhere. Now, if you go to the U.S., Genesis is very popular there. It does very well there because why? Badge branding is not important in US. It's quality, luxury and tech. So Genesis does very well in countries where the market is more open. Now for Malaysia, sadly, because we have a huge tax on on luxury vehicles, Genesis, when it was introduced a few years ago, sold in... Literally, I can count it in my fingers. You know, Mm. that's how low the numbers were because it's just too expensive Exactly like the high-end Lexus vehicles, you can count it with your fingers, okay? Mm. Now, after many years of, of realizing that they can't do much with it, Hyundai in Malaysia just kept quiet. And then last year, they reintroduced Genesis. They brought in the, the, the petrol version of the large SUV. The price was more than half a million ringgit. Oof. It didn't make any sense, but still, 
a handful of units were sold. And I think for for Malaysia, the reason why they brought these cars in and uh, these SUVs in and sold them was just to make a statement. Listen, we have it. It's luxury. It's great. And even though we have a small buyer market, let's just put it on the road. So they did that. But now with the Genesis GV70, this latest model, fully electric. Now, when you say fully electric, no import tax. Now, when you say no import tax, which means the price can be very, very reasonable. Mm. Because if you look at what's happening with the Hyundai Ioniq uh, 5, the full electric vehicle, selling like hotcakes, long waiting list, it's 300,000 ringgit. Why are people paying that kind of money? Because they're willing to pay for an electric Hyundai. Now, if you bring in Genesis as an electric SUV, I think even if you charge four or 500,000 ringgit, there will be people willing to pay. Because if it was a petrol-driven version, it'll be seven, 800,000 ringgit. You know, mm. I'm just giving a guesstimate on the price. So, I think if this all-electric version were to come to Malaysia, it'll do quite well. There will be a market for it. Yeah, and what's great about this car is it charges from its front grille. This is like something I've never seen before, but Genesis has the entire shape and look of it as well. What would you say are its closest rivals in terms of size? Well, in terms of size, you've got the BMW X5, you've got the Mercedes GLE, you've got Audi Q7, you know? Right. It's, it's all the large SUVs in the market, you know, the Maserati Levante. But, you know, the thing is, I think it'll appeal more to people who look at the bigger Lexus RX 370. You know, that whole, that whole relationship is there because people who want to buy a European vehicle will not really move down to a Korean vehicle. I mean, not yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So, a direct competitor will probably be the Lexus. Well, if you didn't tell me they were Korean, I wouldn't have known and I thought they were definitely a continental brand already. So, let's hope this one also comes to Malaysia and now it's time for a break. That's all the news we have from the local and the global automotive world. When we come back, we will be previewing the upcoming Toyota Innova Xenix. Keep it right here, Cruise Control BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. My name is Ali Johan, together with Daniel Fernandez tonight. Now we're on to part two of the program. We are going to be going zooming into Toyota Innova Xenix. What car is this? And why are we excited about it? We'll tell you why. Okay, first of all, Innova. Everyone knows this brand. Okay, mm. this nameplate. Everyone knows. From Toyota, it started off with the humble, you know, uh, answer. Remember the answer? Yeah. Okay, so the answer evolved into the... Innova. But let me tell you a little bit of history. Even before the answer came about, there was something called the Kijang. Have you heard of the Kijang? Yes, I have. Very popular in Indonesia. Yes. So if you have any relatives who were from Indonesia or friends, or if you visited Indonesia, you know that the Kijang was almost like the Proton Saga. <laughs> okay. It was a vehicle made for the Indonesian market. Can you imagine? Eh? Indonesian market is so big that Toyota said, I'll make something just for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Seven-seater, super hardy, will take a beating. I mean, I was in Indonesia about four years ago uh, on a trip and, you know, you still see 30, 35-year-old Kijangs running around. I mean, they're battered, but they're still running with yeah. the original engine, you know? Mm. And those cast iron engines are solid. So, over the years, Malaysia adopted the Kijang, but a more modern version was called the Answer. Now, 30 years later, you still see them on the road. Some of them are being used as school transport. Definitely, you know? yep. And it's trouble-free. You know, you talk to owners, they say it's trouble-free. It doesn't give any hassle. 
Okay, it's not the most comfortable. It's not the most handsome looking. It's not the most technology filled. The safety features are there's only a seat belt. <laughs> That's the safety right. feature, dude. Seat belt, brakes. That's about it. It doesn't get more simpler than that. But it works. It it, it provides what it's supposed to provide in its time. But for today, cannot lah. People look at it and say, "Come on, brother. Mm. You know you need." Blind spot monitoring. You need reverse sensor. Blah blah blah. You need these brakes, bigger brakes, whatever. So end of the day, the Toyota Innova evolved and it evolved and it evolved. And the last Innova that came to Malaysia was actually more like an SUV, but it still sat on a very old ladder frame. It still sat on something that was very, I would say, uh, you know, I would like to use the word not modern lah. But it was reasonably comfortable. Nice seats inside. It was good looking. It was priced very well. Full of technology. Good safety features. But not good enough for today. Hmm. So fast forward to 2022. Today, Toyota is saying, "I'm going to give you an Innova that's on par with everything else we have in our showroom." So they're calling it the Zenix Z E N I X. So this has just been launched in Thailand and Indonesia. Huge success story. Why? Because it's no longer sitting on a ladder frame. It's actually sitting on an SUV frame, which means it's going to be more comfortable. It's going to be very much nicer to drive. Third row passengers will not be bouncing around. And that's what they Now, call the TNGA. Yes, TNGA. So the TNGA chassis, TNGA platform chassis, was developed a few years ago, and they're using it for a, a multitude of vehicles. One of the vehicles that's using it is the current bestseller Toyota Corolla Cross. Right. So if you've got into a Corolla Cross, or if if you had it for a test drive, they'll tell you it's very comfortable. It drives like a sedan. Seating is super comfortable. Some people have even compared it to a luxury German. SUV in terms of comfort, you know what I mean? Mm, the right I know comfort. people have told me, "Hey, you know, it's better than my German vehicle." So I say, "Okay, fine, good. I'm happy for you." So now comes the Innova Zenix. So with the Innova Zenix, you're going to get a, you're basically going to get a Corolla Cross that's slightly wider, slightly taller, and of course longer because it's going to have seven seats. Mm. And if you look at the pictures which you put up on DSF, my word, this is a good-looking vehicle, muscular. Nice stance. It looks so modern. I think Toyota have just ticked all the boxes. They've looked at the competition and say, "Hey, we're coming to get you, and we're going to take over the segment." And they will with this car because the Innova name already is very powerful in Malaysia. It stands with a lot of older generation buyers. So if you're looking to upgrade your five, six, seven, eight, nine year old Innova, you're definitely going to look at this. If you're looking to upgrade. From a normal passenger car up to an SUV, there's a lot in the market. But you look at this and say, "Hey, this looks great." And on top of that, Toyota will be selling this with the full range of safety features that come with all the other vehicles, which is Toyota Safety Sense. So you're going to get a full force of safety features. It'll have a two-liter engine, normal aspirated engine, which will deliver about. 205 newton meters of torque and about 175 horsepower, 174, 175. But interestingly, for the first time ever, for the Innova, Toyota is going to include a hybrid version. And why a hybrid version? Because they already have a hybrid version in the Corolla Cross, right? Yes. The Corolla Cross has a petrol version and a hybrid version, so it makes good sense to just have the same thing now with the Innova Zenix. So you'll have a two-liter engine with the hybrid system, which will give you. 187 newton meters of torque, 
which will mean much more power and you'll be saving fuel. But of course, it'll be slightly more expensive. So go to DSF, you look at the pictures, look at the interior pictures. This is no longer something that was you know, meant for the masses. This is really upmarket SUV. Yeah, I wonder, like, um, wouldn't this confuse consumers with the Toyota brand? Because right now, in their ranks, in this sort of size and range, you've got the Toyota Corolla Cross, you have the RAV4 that looks similar to this Innova, and also we were talking about the Rush that is also sort of like an MPV. Well, the Rush is smaller. The Corolla Cross is, of course, smaller. This is going to sit somewhere in between the RAV4 and the Corolla Cross. Now, the RAV4 is almost 220,000. Yeah. Corolla Cross about 120 to 130. Guessing this will be about 145 to 155. You heard it here first. 145 to 155. It is in the sweet spot of a big crossover slash SUV. We've never yeah. seen that uh, with um, any of the new iterations of the Toyotas. They seem yes. to be more streamlined in shape. Uh, I guess yes. more uh, luxurious. This one is rugged. In its appearance. Yeah. I mean, those wheels look like they're 16, 17 inches. They haven't been confirmed yet. Because there's so much space in that wheel archers, easily they can put in some 18-inch wheels and it looks so rugged, you know? Mm-hmm. And the squarishness of the front makes it look like the big brother to the now uh, recently launched Velos as well. Yes, yes. And that's the other model by Toyota. They're, they're, they're going in strong with uh, people movers and there's big SUVs and PVs in the market. Because that's what people want, you know. Mm. So if the market wants it, they'll give it to them. Interesting. So Toyota Innova Xenix, when do you think it will come to Malaysia? Well, they've just launched it in, in uh, Indonesia. So I think, I'm guessing January, February, it's all a matter of also stock, you know, because they don't want to launch a car and not have stock. Okay, so that's that's it for this part. There's plenty to be excited about the upcoming Toyota Innova Xenix. And when we come back, we're going to do a quick review of the Mitsubishi Expander Sportline Special Edition right here on Cruise Control BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. Thanks for sticking with us. It's Ali Johan and Daniel Fernandez tonight. Richard Bradbury is unable to join us due to some technical difficulties that he cannot overcome. But we're down to our last part of the program and now it's a review of the Mitsubishi Expander Sportline Special Edition. What car is this, Daniel? This is a very special Mitsubishi. I tell you, it's so special. It's so, so special. There's only one. Oh, in the country? There's only one in the country, <laughs> yes. So what happened is, Mitsubishi Malaysia, they've been selling the Expander really well. Uh, 99,000 ringgit, this people mover seven-seater has been doing so well, despite tough competition coming in from Toyota, coming from, from Honda. I mean, the direct rival is a Honda BRV at 10,000 less. Mm. Then you've got the Toyota Velos, which recently came around at, at 5,000 less. Then, of course, let's not forget the Perdua Alza. Yep which is 20, 25,000 less. But somehow or other, the expander keeps <laughs> expanding its sales uh, uh, <laughs> demand. And I think it's simply because of this. Number one, it looks quite interesting. It's big, it's large, it's quite intimidating when you look at it. Hmm. Number two, Mitsubishi reliability has been always there. You know, they've always kept to that fact that, you know, we are reliable, we are on. And, um, you know, nobody really complains about after sales, you know? Right. So they've got all those boxes ticked. The next very important part is the, the direct rivals, even though they are slightly cheaper or much cheaper, 
they don't have the space of the expander. The reason why it's called expander is because it's big. It's it's almost the size of a Nissan Serena. Yet it's ninety nine thousand ringgit. You know, mm. it might not be as tall as a Serena, but it's wide. It's long. So you know, you can actually get a full size adult in the third row without worrying. You know, nice. So that's that's a, a plus point. Now the only thing is, Mitsubishi in Malaysia are quite clever lah. The marketing department they said, hey, you know, the Expander is doing well, but you know, a lot of competition is coming in. Like we just said earlier, you know, there's a there's a new SUV coming in from Toyota, yeah. and you know, it's it's a seven seater, even though it's an SUV. So there's a lot of competition coming in. There'll be more coming in. The Expander is already a few years old, you know. Mm-hmm. And you want to keep the momentum going. So what they did was they went and talked to a very professional uh, motorsports outfit called Sportline. Now Sportline Industries, which are they're based in Glenmarie, run by an ex rally driver, young, very professional rally driver, has gone into you know vehicle modification, body kits, uh, uh, tuning, and everything else. So what they did was Mitsubishi worked with them to come up with a special edition to see whether they can tickle some interest. Now why do you say tickle some interest? Because Doing something like this is a huge investment, and if it doesn't work, yeah. it's going to be quite sad. You know what I mean? Yep. So you need the numbers. You need to sell a certain amount of numbers. So what they did was they made a one-off. So a one-off means very high cost because why? All the parts, all the the body kit parts, the styling kit, everything else is one-off. But they made a one-off and they did a road tour around Malaysia. They went to very very popular locations around Malaysia. They showcased this vehicle, and then. They also gave it to some of us media people. They 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 chose a few media people to take it out, do a review, test drive it, engage some interest. Now I got to say this: between me and my deputy, we had it for about seven days. Huh? Hmm. I had it for about four days. He had it about three days. Everywhere I went or he went, there was immediate reaction. Reaction from current expander owners who came up to us and said, "Hey, where to buy this kid? Huh? Hey, how much does it cost? Huh? Hey, can you get this at the showroom? That's number one." Number two, there were people who were driving older MPVs, other brands, hmm. who looked and said, "Hey, is this for sale? Is this already in the showrooms?" I said, "No, this is one of a kind." Oh, it's yours? I said, "Yeah, it's mine. I didn't want to sell them and test driving, lah." You know. <laughs> and I realized that actually, there's a lot of people who are willing to pay a little bit more money to get something as as exciting and as as intimidating as this. Now. It's very hard for us to explain on the radio. So you got to go to DSF. You just type in Expander. You will see this 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 version. Most people thought it was actually a Rally Art Expander. Rally Art is the racing division of the Mitsubishi Group from Japan. They they were big at one time. They have scaled down operations. They are slowly making a comeback with the Mitsubishi Triton hmm. and and a few other vehicles. So a lot of people thought that this Expander was done by Rally Art because of the color combination and the way it looked. But it's not. It's done by a local guy. It's called Sportline, and they are going to be working with Mitsubishi after the huge interest that they got around the country from the roadshow to make this available in the showroom. But we don't know when yet. We don't know when yet. So I wanted to highlight the fact that when I got this car, yes, a lot of attention. It's OTT in terms of you know uh, looks and aggressiveness and all that. But what made it better is because they've They've put in bigger wheels. Now it's got you know larger uh, sport rims on it. You know, last time it was 15 inch. Okay, hmm. now they're 18 inches. So 18 inches means you got wider wheel track, you got bigger wheels, you got bigger tires. It actually 
gave it much better road holding at high speed. Now, I would not say how fast I was going, but I was going above the speed limit. It felt very, very, very planted on the ground. It makes a big difference. Now, with nine people on board or eight people on board or seven people on board, because a lot of these expanders tend to carry more than their available seating, if you notice it on the road, you know? Mm. A lot of families just pile people in it. It will still go. Because why? This vehicle is also still very aerodynamic, despite its large size. So, on the highway, no issue. Now, a lot of people say, oh, can I... Can I gunung Can I bukit ka? Of course, can I. But you're not supposed to be rushing around in it. This is, a, after all, a family vehicle. So it's got a 1.5 engine as per normal. Nothing has been done to the engine. Nothing has been tuned. Gearbox has not been tuned. It's just visual appeal. Interesting. So don't expect it to be going very fast. Don't expect to be racing up a hill because end of the day, this is a family vehicle, not a race car. But it looks like something that should be in a rally. <laughs> yes, you guys should go to the dsf.my website and check out what this Expander Sportline Edition looks like. It does looks rather souped up. For a car that's priced at the sweet spot of 99000 it has been popular. I gotta say, it's a good marketing plan to take it around on the road shows in Malaysia. I think that's the way... It was a good marketing plan and mm. it's a safe marketing plan because, you know, that means that they've done a good job with it, you know? Cool. So, the Expander Sportline Special Edition, one of one in Malaysia right now, right? Yes, one of one. You will not be able to buy this, but if you have a current Expander, you can visit Sportline in Glenmarie and maybe, I'm not saying they will, maybe they might do a special edition for you. <laughs> okay, so on that note, I think we've come to the end of the program with the review of the Mitsubishi Expander Spotline Special Edition. If you miss any part of the show, you can check us back on the podcast. I recommend checking out the BFM app available on the Apple App Store and Google Play or wherever else you get your podcasts. I've been Ali Johan with Daniel Fernandez for Cruise Control, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.